Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. We talk about it here. Betrayal trauma. We are AppSats certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. Sometimes listeners want to know about triggers. I'm dealing with the aftermath of my husband's affairs, and he still works the same job that he did when he was acting out. It's a job that allows him to hide his goings-on and one that he stated was the previous trigger for his acting out. The whole 16 and a half years we've been together, he's acted out. In the beginning, what I thought it was was just pornography. Um, it ended up being, I found out two and a half years ago, he had been with multiple prostitutes. I only found out a very small portion of that until about a month ago. How do you cope with all of that when you still have to deal with unavoidable triggers? Well, of course you would feel traumatized by hearing all that information and I gotta tell you Stephanie that's a staggered disclosure that's finding out little bits and pieces about your husband's behavior throughout a time period making you feel insecure unsure and unsafe so what we gotta do is set up a situation whereby you get with a specialist to do a formal disclosure so you can hear everything at one time in a safe environment Jurgensen Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and this is the AppSats show that helps you to recover from betrayal, sexual betrayal, partner betrayal. We are here to disseminate information that will absolutely make a difference in your life. When you feel like you're experiencing something that no one else has, you can tune into this show, pick the topic you want to listen to. And bam, find the right information to help you feel like you're not alone and that you can cope, find strength, and recover from this terrible ordeal. And today, I am really excited because I am going to be talking to a therapist who specifically works, well, he works with a lot of different types of people, but he has a passion for working with betrayed male partners because there's not a lot of information out there about that. There's not a lot of support. It's a growing field, but, you know, we're right on the bottom steps of working our way up to helping betrayed male partners. And so I'm going to be talking with Andy Johns, and he is a professional coach and an APSAPS trained partner coach that specializes in addiction, relational recovery, and specifically betrayal trauma. He either coaches the betrayed partner or the addicted partner, male or female. But this passion he has about working with betrayed male partners occurred because he feels they're so underserved. He doesn't blame anyone for for male partners being underserved, but he knows that he's going to be part of the solution in this epidemic. 
So, Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, Carol. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to be talking with you. Well, I am so happy. This is the first time on our show, Betrayal Recovery Radio, that we've talked about how to treat the male partner. And, you know, you and I both believe that there's a stigma when you're a man and you have a, a, a wife who has betrayed you numerous times. It's not something a male feels comfortable talking about, and they don't even know what resources are out there for them. So you are specifically an APSAPS trained coach who can help mm-hmm. male partners to find recovery. Yes, definitely. So I'm wondering, what differences do you see in men and women who are betrayed? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's actually one of the questions, probably the question I get asked most often. And honestly, the real simple answer is that there's really not a big difference, especially Uh, When it comes to trauma symptoms and the shame and things like that, um, the trauma symptoms are really all the same. Uh, Of course, everyone is different. Um, Even you could have a group of women and a group of men, and they could all be different. Um, But really, in general, the the trauma symptoms are are really similar. Uh, Not much difference there. but the big difference is, and uh, I know we'll get to that question soon, the, the biggest difference is more about uh, the differences between men feeling comfortable uh, coming forward and uh, finding help, I believe, is what I've seen most often. And uh, there's, there's probably a lot of reasons for that that we'll get to as we, as we get more along uh, in the show. But, yeah, as far as symptoms, mainly the the same type of trauma uh, as women, surprisingly. Yes, and I would agree, too. And, you know, I have another radio show, Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and I did a show on male partners. And I had about five or six men that contacted me personally and said, do you know is there a group out there? for male partners? Do you know if there are therapists trained in this specialty? And at the time, the only person I could recommend was the man that I was interviewing. And there were a few online groups. Now, I recently had a man that was looking, and so I contacted a client I know that's part of that group, and he said, oh, this group has been closed for a long time. And it's not that we wouldn't take more people, but we're filled, and we don't know of other groups. So what resources do you believe are out there for male partners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's really not a lot, honestly. Um, as far as, you, you know, we usually recommend books as much as possible. We, uh, we recommend 12-step groups. We recommend, and this is for females and males, uh, so there's there's a book, a really good book by uh, Dr. Barbara Steffens and Marsha Means, uh, Your Sexually Addicted Spouse, which is really, as we know, uh, the book that really started getting away from uh, codependency. 
and more toward the trauma model. Um, so that book is written for both males and females. It's gender neutral. So I really like that book. Um, there's a book by Marnie Free, which is actually written for female addicts, and it's one of the only ones. Uh, it's really good, and it has a small section for male partners, but it's mainly written for the addicted partner. Um, and then as far as uh, groups, um, a lot of, you know, like ISA, Infidelity Survivors Anonymous, is for uh, partners facing trauma, and most of their meetings are all for women. And so what, but what happened is in Houston, they started a uh, gender neutral meeting for both males and females. And what they found was that men did come forward. So there is a need if men had the resources and had the places to go, but uh, you know, that meeting was started probably close to a year ago, and uh, so that's in Houston, but in most places, really, uh, most meetings are for women. I know, I'm sure some are for both, but a lot of them aren't, so men are kind of left without anywhere to go, really, uh, which is something that, you know, really, really should be changed, because if if they had a place to go, we would know a lot more about them, and uh, we would see that there really are men out there that need help. And so that's something I'm really working on. I actually, uh, I'm partnered with a few people. I'm partnered with Jake Porter at Daring Ventures, and then I'm also partnered with Stacy Sprout. She's a therapist in uh, Seattle. So me and Jake, we have started a uh, group coaching meeting that I facilitate and so that's an online group where men can you know have a support group to go to and then also uh, Stacy Sprout started a website called Male Partners of Female Sex Addicts and uh, that's mainly a website for resources and things like that but I've contributed some blogs on there and uh, me and her are really working together, too, to try to get resources out there for men and just to try to do whatever we can to get some content out there and uh, get some research started to learn more about them. Well, I am so glad you're doing that. And I got to tell you, my book, Help Her Heal, comes out next month. And it is mm-hmm. going to be a resource for sex addicts, male sex addicts, well, sex addicts to help their wives heal. And and the abstract belief is when he can develop empathy and help her heal, he's going to feel better, and obviously she's going to feel more connected. And I was talking to the publisher, and I said, you know, I would like to do three um, deviations from this book, one for the male partner so that the female sex addict can help him heal and then two for the gay partners because obviously they too have their own special niche and don't have a lot of resources um so mm-hmm. we've got a lot of things coming down the pike i believe we're really ha- we're in this just phenomenal place where we're just starting out to provide services 
were the pioneers for these folks. And it is exciting to be their first or second resource, even though it makes us sad that there aren't a thousand resources out there. But it, 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 yes. it does feel like mm-hmm. we're pioneers. Yeah, I now, agree with you. I think it's definitely. Now, you know, you obviously are partnering up with, with big names in the community, Stacy Sprout, and, you know, I am real excited for you. I want to know, is there any research that talks about male partners and what this experience is like for them? Yeah, so again, uh, same situation. There's really not, um, surprisingly. So that is one of the things that we're doing, uh, especially me and Stacy. And I've talked about doing it with Jake, too. Um, but that's the good thing about having this male partners of female sex addicts.com website. Um, this is going to be a resources website and a, a community website where they can go and pretty much get, um, get all the information they need and figure out where they want to go from there. So there's tons of links to different therapists, different blogs, different podcasts, all, all that kind of stuff. And, um, Another thing that we're doing, we have a section where men can share their story uh, and how they've healed or even if they haven't healed yet, uh, where they're at in their story, and it can remain anonymous. That way we at least have some some stories out there and some proof that, you know, there's men out there who are, are going through this and need help. And also we have a survey on there, which is our um, our main uh, source for research right now. Um, so we're definitely doing what we can to to get research going, which is why I'm really excited about being here today because we can really get the word out there that there's a place men can go now to contribute and uh, help us get some research going. That way we can figure out how to best help. Okay, so one more time. They would need to go to what website? It's called Male Partners of Female Sex Addicts. It's uh, written out just like that, and then it's .com. Okay, so let me see if I got this straight. It's called Male Partners of Female Sex Addicts.com. Yes, that's right. And, they- and that's the – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and and on this website, they have opportunities to share their story, their own Mm -hmm. personal experience, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. And then they are able to find out what resources are available today for them. Mm -hmm. And are they able to share resources that they might be aware of that are available? Yes, they are. So... You'll see when you go to the website that uh, Stacy has on there um, that she wants men to contribute. So we want it to be a community, and that's actually how I got started with her is uh, I was in- introduced to the website, and um, I saw that she was looking for contributors. So I, I reached out to her, and-, and we're really happy to be working together, and we we definitely want more 
men and and more people who who want to contribute uh to to help us make it make it happen really but we we look at it as uh the more the more partnerships we have the better content we can get on there and the more men we can reach Oh, I 100% agree with you, and this is the start of something big. And, you know, I have to share with you, so I did that that show on Male Partners, and I had a man contact me, and he's like, Carol, can you start a group, an online group? And I said, you know what, my plate is full, but I will put your name mm-hmm. down, and I will add people as they contact me, and that's what I've done. So I will be sure to ask them if if they will contribute their own desires onto this uh, male partner site. The, the neat thing is, and I'm going to commit to doing this, is that I told him that I was starting a partner betrayal recovery show for APSAT. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I would love to have you be one of my intros, you know, so that we could talk about what are the issues that you see as different. And, you know, his mm-hmm. number one difference was the stigma. I mean, men are mm-hmm. afraid to talk about the pain. They're afraid to talk about why they're choosing to stay. And they're afraid mm-hmm. to share with even people in their own community going on in their life because they don't necessarily want to be seen as weak or as um not confident. And so mm-hmm. do you yeah. think that male partners experience more shame and pain than female partners? Yes, definitely. I don't want to say that they experience more pain because I, I know that female partners definitely experience probably the same amount of pain, but perhaps it's more shame about uh, coming forward and and perhaps it's more that males are not as comfortable sharing their pain as females are because of stigmas and things like that, that men come up having to believe about themselves and how they're supposed to present themselves, how they're supposed to show their emotions and things like that. Uh, And then I think it's also important to talk about uh, the stigmas around uh, the sexual addict too, because there's definitely stigmas about uh, female addicts, and I believe that that carries itself over to the partner, uh, if that makes sense. So I actually, I have a few quotes, uh, if you want me to read these out to you real quick, and I think that these perfectly show why there's a stigma and what the stigma is, if you want me to give you these real quick. I would um, love that. And they're, they're, the, the first one is by Robert Weiss. Uh, he's really big in the sexual addiction community, and he's another one who's been posting a lot about female addicts. And so the, this article that I got this from is Women and Sexual Addiction. And so a quote from there is, um, women are just as susceptible as men to the escapist neurochemical rush created by compulsive sexual fantasies and behaviors. Unfortunately, female sex addicts are much less likely to self-identify as being sexually addicted and to seek treatment for the, 
or the disorder. So there's one problem. Now the next problem is that uh, most likely the resistance is caused by sociocultural attitudes toward gender and sexuality. Essentially, men with out-of-control sex lives are often viewed by their peers as studs, ladies' men, and players. Meanwhile, women engaged in the same behavior may be called whores, sluts, homewreckers, and all sorts of other not very nice names. So I think that really perfectly says it right there is that uh, we have this problem with the addicts, and then that carries over to the men who then think, that their wife is going to be judged in this way if if they come forward about their behaviors or or the fact that they think that this doesn't happen with women so then they have more shame about coming forward yeah that totally makes sense and you know obviously you are, have gotten your training as an appsats coach so Share a little bit about what you would be doing with these guys um, who may want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So really, uh, especially if they come to me, you know, right after uh, discovery, and um, it would definitely be a lot of crisis resolution, uh, helping them work through the crisis of finding out this has happened with their wife. Um, a lot of, you know, helping them manage their trauma symptoms, a lot of self-care, a lot of uh, helping them deal with their shame, and uh, all the things that both females and males deal with. And then uh, typically we would be working towards a therapeutic disclosure. Um, and then after that, uh, that, that disclosure builds the foundation for where they want to go from there. Uh, I do encourage the disclosure before deciding to leave the relationship, whether to stay or leave. And because it builds such a good foundation for truth and uh, for real intimacy and connection to happen as they're uh, moving forward, trying to decide what they want to do. And then after that, it's really working through the grieving stages and uh, just a lot of transitional stages for deciding what they want to do from there and, and how they can cope with the shame and the, the trauma symptoms that really continue for quite some time sometimes. You know, you have just described how our model works, and I love that because you're mm-hmm. exactly right. <clears throat> We, we tell a partner they have the right to not have a disclosure, but what we believe is that until they know the entire truth, they may not be ready to make that decision. And so we share with them the need to do a disclosure and follow it by a polygraph so that they absolutely know mm-hmm. that he is being honest. Mm-hmm. So tell me, yeah, a, tell me a little bit about where you work and and how people can get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I actually have my own coaching practice, which is AndyJohnsCoaching.com, 
And uh, like you mentioned before, I specialize in working with the addicted partner or the betrayed partner. Uh, And typically I will work with one of them and then another therapist or coach will work with the other partner. Um, So I do, I do both of those. And then I also work for Jake Porter. He has a practice called Daring Ventures here in Houston. And he was actually uh, one of the, really the main reason that I'm in this field, really. Uh, So he's been a really good mentor to me. And uh, as I've, as I've gotten into this field. And so I'm really happy to be working with him. And so he has some other coaches and some other therapists that I work with. We have a really great team. So, um, so I'm really happy to be able to, to have him and, and also have my own practice. It's really the best of both worlds because I have my own, my own stuff that I'm doing. And then I also have a really great team that I work with and, and also uh, Stacy Sprout with, with male partners of female sex addicts. Uh, I've been contributing a blog post on there and really working with her to, to get the research started and the, you know, all the resources started on there. So I have about three, three different uh, projects and companies that I'm contributing to. That is, yeah, I, you're, again, with the heavy hitter, so I know that, you know, you have made it your mission to get your word out there and to get these services mm-hmm. out there. And, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, you know, when you work with male partners, um, do they want to typically stay with their wife? It varies. Uh, actually... I would say that probably three quarters of the male partners that I have worked with and that I've been in contact with have wanted to stay with their partner as long as she was doing the work and getting the help that she needed. So, yeah, I I would say about three quarters of them, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So probably pretty comparable. My experience with my caseload, as heavy as it is, is that 85% of the uh, partners want to stay with the addicts regardless of sex, you know, as long as, Mm -hmm. like you said, the addict is in good recovery. He's done that disclosure process to show her that he's going to be absolutely truthful. And he's Mm -hmm. willing to do the hard work afterwards relationally. And, you know, you did call yourself a relational coach. So tell Mm -hmm. me how you Mm -hmm. can work with addicts and partners of any gender in in improving their relationship. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the biggest part of that we see as far as relational issues is that well, first of all, sexual addiction is, is really usually not about sex. It's about, it's an intimacy disorder. So uh, really what what we try to work on and what we see in our clients is that whenever good recovery happens and whenever after recovery, when, when a couple can really have true intimacy and connection, uh, neither partner is using the other one for sex or 
neither partner has any addiction or is dealing with the other partner's addiction. And it's all about creating connection and intimacy in the relationship and a foundation of truth. We see that that's really when amazing things can happen in a relationship and really uh, open up the opportunity for a better relationship than they've ever had before. And so I, I would actually agree with you, although I'm always careful to say that at the beginning of my work with couples, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, to them, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, because they are in so much pain and like you identified right. earlier in that crisis stage of the mm-hmm. discovery and trying to figure out who have they been living with, you know, all these years. Yeah. But and truly, that's definitely do- after. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's definitely after after the crisis stage and after uh, it, it's after they've decided that they want to stay. So we never try to force them to do relational recovery coaching. Uh, you know, we, we always do what the client wants to do. And it's definitely not uh, early on when they're still in the crisis stage. It's, it's definitely when they feel ready and like that's what they want to do. Yeah, and we certainly know that is 100% um, the choice of a partner to make any mm-hmm. decision that he or she feels that she, he or she, she needs to. Now, my experiences, and I say this all the time on my radio shows, that when a sex addict is in good recovery and when he has learned how to contain her anger, sadness, fear, whatever, and can hold that um, and not go into a spiraling uh, shame cycle, mm-hmm. he is on his way to then helping her heal. And so mm-hmm. I would say that, too, for the male partners I work with. I mean, I've got a male partner right now who continues to get triggered by all the same kinds of triggers that a woman would, anniversary mm-hmm. dates, um, you know, times of the seasons. I mean, he didn't even want her for the last two years to put up a Christmas tree. He said, it is too mm-hmm. painful to see a Christmas tree in our house because that's when you told me about all this betrayal. And she mm-hmm. understands that she, for the first time in her life, She's really working on skills that put somebody else first because of her own mm-hmm. working, she wasn't able to do that. And she's learning how to do to the safety of her own groups. And, you know, that's the other resource we need, isn't it? And Stacy's working on this. There aren't enough resources for female sex addicts to, to be safe. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Certainly there are some co-ed, face-to-face, um, male-female groups, but you and I both know that female partners oftentimes don't want their husbands attending a group with a female sex addict. They're just too afraid mm-hmm. of what could happen. Right. Yes, definitely. And I don't know about you, my experience is, that those female sex addicts are very, very safe and would not cross the boundaries. And I know people are people and anybody can do anything, but 
truly, mm-hmm. when they're there, they're hurting and they're wanting to work on themselves. However, I never blame a partner for worrying about that because she's just found mm-hmm. out about the worst things in her life. Mm-hmm. And so Stacy, mm-hmm. I know, has really been instrumental in providing safe opportunities for female sex addicts to get the help they need. And she has written a fabulous book. Uh, it's been several mm-hmm. years now. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do you remember off the top of your head the name of it's, her book? It's is, called uh, Naked in Public. That's that's what I was going to say, too, Naked in Public. And, of course, that really Yeah, means, and it's something – I believe it says uh, a personal memoir from a female sex addict, uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so, so, so it's really her her own personal experience, right? And Marnie Free, who runs uh, Bethesda mm-hmm. Workshop, um, has made it her mission to help female sex addicts and their betrayed spouse. And actually, was featured several years ago on Dateline. I mean, she came out mm-hmm. and made it public, um, and she is a devout Christian woman who we've had on the yeah, show many yeah. times. She co-wrote that book with Rob Weiss, uh, A Christian's Guide to Being Getting Out of the Doghouse. Mm-hmm. So things are, things are changing. If you were going to help um, our listening audience, what guidance would you give them? If they're listening to you right now, perhaps they are in the midst of discovery. Maybe they're 10 years into it. Maybe the sex addict is male. Maybe the sex addict is female. What kind of guidance would you give them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to go back to what you said about Marnie Free. Uh, I mentioned her book earlier, and I, I do want to say again that, that her book is a wonderful book on female sex addiction. It's called No Stones. And not only is it helpful for the female addict, I believe it can also be very helpful for the male partner, but it would be later on when the male partner is out of trauma because it can be a very triggering book to read for the partner. But definitely later on down the road, I see a lot of benefit in that book. Um, So I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, so... For, for male and female partners um, who who maybe haven't gotten help yet or perhaps they don't even know for sure if they do need help, um, especially with males, uh, a lot of the time when this happens, and, and I saw this, this is another reason, uh, just in my personal life, evidence that I saw for male partners really needing help um, so I'm I'm still an electrician right now. I'll I'll uh, I've, I'm transitioning out of that because I've I've been picking up clientele. Uh, so I'm I'm working a lot less hours as an electrician, and I'm slowly transitioning out of it into more of a part-time position, doing that and and doing more full-time coaching. So, but as an electrician, I I worked with a lot of men who you know, had experienced betrayal and, you know, they really, they really didn't get help for it. And, and I saw that so often 
and which is why when when I got into this field uh, and and realized how much it was aimed towards the women, it kind of really threw me off and confused me because I I saw in my personal life how many men had dealt with this. And so a lot of the time what happens is they turn to alcohol or drugs or possibly even sex and, and could end up with their own sexual addiction or sexual intimacy problems as well because they're dealing with that trauma they're not getting proper help for it, so they turn to other things. And that's really the cycle of addiction right there uh, for for the uh, sexually addicted side. Um, but I would say, you know, if you, if you have experienced betrayal and you do find yourself struggling with things like that, you, you probably do have underlying trauma that you need help with. And, and also I would say, if you're just finding out about betrayal and you are dealing with the trauma symptoms and you are a man uh, and you feel like you're alone and that no one else is dealing with this, I I would like to reassure you that that's not the case. And, and also to help and, and just knowing that helps with the shame. But, but I would also say, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to a coach or a therapist just because you think, that they're they're gonna judge you or find it odd or weird that you're a man dealing with this problem because even the coaches that do specialize in women I, I know that most of them would love to work with male partners uh, and so don't I wouldn't hesitate to to reach out to one if you know of one that maybe they work with with typically women but I, I know they would love to help men as well, most of them. Well, you know, I, w- I was talking with Patrick Carnes one day, and it was when I was getting my CSAT training. And for anybody who's listening, that's my certified sexual addiction therapist training. And that was before I'd gotten my APSATS training. Um, and I had said, Patrick, do you think it's going to be a problem if I work with male sex addicts and I'm a woman? And he said, absolutely not. In some ways, men have expressed that they do better working with females. There's something a little bit more normal about it because, let's face it, men have not necessarily been socialized to to Mm -hmm. deal with deep emotional issues, especially like trauma, with another male. And so, Andy, getting this training... You've put it out there. You want to help men who have been betrayed. And you can hear that you have a real heart and a real love for this. So, you know, I would ask anybody who may have, you know, Googled the search engine uh, term male partners and have found this show to reach out to Andy. And, again, he can be reached at Andy at Andy John's. J-O-H-N-S, coaching.com. And can I share your phone number? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. His number is 832-629-9164. And, again, that's Andy at andyjohnscoaching.com. So you have your own website, correct? Yes, that's correct. All right, and they can also contact you through that, and that 
very much like his uh, email, and that's andyjohnscoaching.com. Andy is has a passion for helping men heal from the betrayal of their female sex addicts. So now, Andy, we have a lot of therapists and coaches who listen to this show. They listen for mm-hmm. their weekly educational segment. You know, it's a way to stay <clears throat> current with what's out there in the community. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering, what can professional therapists and coaches do to be more helpful to be trade male partners? Yeah, definitely. So, and when I say this, I, I want to make it very clear, just like I said in my description, I don't blame anyone for, for male partners, you know, possibly being underserved because it could be, like we've talked about until now, uh, that maybe they haven't been comfortable and they need some assurance that they can come forward and get help and feel comfortable with that. Um, So I want to make that clear. And and I completely understand that some therapists and coaches, they, they want to specialize in women. So that's why you know, when they write and when they market and things like that, they they do it towards women. And there's completely nothing wrong with that. So I want to make that clear. But for the people who, you know, for example, have asked, how can we reach more male partners? And what can we do? Uh, things like that. That's the people that, that I'm talking to now, because that's what they want to do. They want to reach both. And I think, um, the, the biggest thing, honestly, and it sounds really simple, and, and I'll give you proof that, that our language matters. It's just like uh, when we're talking about the addicted partner, it's it's really, it helps a lot for the addict. And, and here I go still saying it on accident, the addicted partner, it helps them a lot with their shame if we would call them the addicted partner rather than the addict, because that that puts that um, that title on them rather than saying this is something they struggle with. So that's what a lot of therapists and coaches have tried to do is start saying the addicted partner instead. So it's the same thing with our language around betrayal trauma. I think that we should be really careful with our language and be really careful about when we write articles and when we when we market our material and when we just when we talk about it to really try to stay gender neutral and and that may be may sound hard for people who have maybe been uh, in this field for a long time and all they've ever seen is you know the betrayed partner is she and the addicted partner is he but I guarantee you, if if we really work hard at it, we we can write our materials in a gender-neutral way, which is what I've done. Uh, so all of my blog posts, all of my uh, material on my website is all uh, gender-neutral. So I think it's definitely possible. And then also encouraging uh, 12-step groups for co-ed and also maybe even starting some male-only 12-step groups or group therapy sessions. And like I mentioned earlier, we've seen that when when that happens, men do come forward. So I think that that's a huge step. And, and just like what we're doing right now is, is really uh, opening up 
the opportunity for a lot more men to to get the help they need. Well, I do too, and I um, really love the point you just made about as therapists and coaches, we really need to consider not calling a sex addict a sex addict, but calling him or her the addicted partner. So I will make a special point of putting that into my jargon and writing my blogs about that. Um, I got to tell you, I am, I have so many YouTubes out there and I am now converting them over and transcribing them into blogs. So probably be a hundred on my site, Sex Help with Carol the Coach, by the end of the week. And now, Andy... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back over the ones I've already edited and make sure that I change those. And so I thank you for that, for that, uh, those words of wisdom and also that change in terminology. Um, we don't mm-hmm. know what we don't know. And, you know, I always have right. felt bad about calling it the, uh, the addicted partner a sex addict because people are more than their labels, you know, mm-hmm. and a sex addict mm-hmm. sounds so finalized and so condemning, even though it, in our mm-hmm. field it isn't. We we definitely understand these are wounded men who have gotten into, and women, who have gotten into problems and they didn't know how to get themselves out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, um, it's all uh, about just us learning as time goes by, you know, and that that's actually, that's something that I learned in in my appsats training from from Barbara mentioning that is that that she's really trying to change her language in that way. So so it's all you know it's no one's fault. There's no one to blame. But it's we're learning how we can we can do better with the way we talk and to get to help people. And so it's a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And so. Anything else you want our coaches and or our therapists to know? Well, um, I think just, you know, what I just mentioned is is really, it sounds simple, but I think that's the majority of what we can do, just giving men the same opportunities for help as women. And uh, I'm, I'm always open to talking to coaches and therapists and, and having partnerships and working on projects together. So I just let anyone know, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have ideas or uh, if you want to contribute to the research we're doing or, or anything like that. I'd love to, to talk more with, with anyone who's interested. Thank you so much, Andy Jones. I so appreciate you coming on and talking about this sensitive subject and I know it's going to help a lot of people, and I can't wait to talk further about it and see how the research has grown and and find out the many, many ways that we in this APSATS community are making a difference for both addicted partners and their spouses. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, too. Thank you very much, and uh I always am appreciative and thankful for AppSats and everything we're doing here. And I really appreciate you bringing me on the show, and I really enjoyed it. Excellent. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Andy. All right.
All right. Sounds good. Thanks. So as you can see, and I know that you could hear, he really does have that passion for helping people. He's an electrician. He got his team certification. That enabled him to come to our APSATS training to learn the trauma model that we advocate in dealing with partners. He also learned about building a coupleship, and he is jumping into this work. That's all it really takes, you know. When you think that, was it Bill Gates who didn't finish college? I mean, some of the real leaders in this field have used their enthusiasm and their passion to take their life to the next level. And I know we've got a lot of listening audience that that contact me and say, Carol, how can I help? Well, the first thing, the first way you can help is by getting yourself healthy. You know, if you're a listener and you have been through the trauma of sexual betrayal, you've got to get healthy. You've got to get to a good, trained, APSAT therapist and coach. You've got to do the hard work, even though you shouldn't have had to do it. You didn't want to do it. It wasn't on your radar to do it. And then there's many, many ways that you can help other partners. So once you've gotten that far, contact me at carol at carolthecoach.com. And I can send you information on different ways that you can help other partners. Go to our directory at appsats.org. That's A-P-S-A-P-S dot org. And find out a way that you, too, can get with the right specialist to take you to your next level, whether that be an individual therapy, whether that be getting a great coach, whether that be becoming part of an incredible support group, a psychoeducational group, or a therapy group. There are Lots of options out there, and appsats.org is the only organization specializes in partner betrayal. So as I say at the end of every show, you know, there will only be one of you at all times. Fearlessly, have the courage to be yourself. And we'll catch you next week for more Betrayal Recovery Radio with appsats.org. For more information, go to appsats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal.